Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today we are diving into the liver and what Ayurveda says about um, how to approach our liver health and why that matters. So I wanted to kind of start the year off here. Um, it's been something that uh, I've been really paying attention to because I think this is uh, an underrated organ in our body, so to speak, from the general population because the liver does so much for our health and for our body. So let's break down what exactly does the liver do? So it plays a huge role in digestion and metabolism. It synthesizes protein, produces critical enzymes and hormones. It breaks down and recycles red blood cells and regulates the glycogen storage. So it does quite a bit for our body, as you can tell. And that's one thing that I don't know if we're all aware of is metabolism. We don't always think that the liver could be not functioning properly, but that can be a little hidden factor or a hidden um, organ that might be at play. So how do we harm the liver? Overuse of alcohol, which is probably the most common um, narrative that we hear about, recreational drugs, prescription drugs, and then environmental pollutants, which to be frank, are all around us. You know, the environmental pollutants, um, you know, whether we even realize it or not, there's a lot going on there and there's a lot to digest, which again is that liver. So really being cautious about, you know, what we're putting on and, um, in our bodies, like that was one, my mom used to be, and I don't know if anyone remembers this, but back in the early nineties, we had dare teachers come in and my mom was a volunteer dare teacher. And she told us all this is, you know, a drug is anything you put in or on your body. And, um, that they really drilled that home. And it was funny because me and my brother, um, who both had her as dare teachers were telling her this, you know, just a few years ago and she had forgotten, like, she's like, oh yes, that, I mean, it's true. We talk about that. And when we say on our body, that can be the lotions that you're putting on. That could be the candles that you're burning, that you're inhaling those pollutants that you don't even realize your body has to um, digest and it has to metabolize. And so that's the liver is trying to do all that. So this is where we can see where we have those hard days of maybe you had too much to drink. So like, as you know, this is coming live, it's just past the new year. And maybe you had, you know, the last few weeks have been a lot of alcohol use, let's just say, and then maybe you were around, um, an uncle or aunt or someone who was smoking. And then you had candles burning at someone's home that you didn't know, you know, all of those are just pollutants that your body is trying to digest and metabolize. And so that's sometimes where we feel that kind of stuck energy or stagnant energy. And it can be from all of the, the world that our body is just trying to process. So this is why, you know, liver health is super important. And just to kind of pay attention to, um, what are some ways that we can kind of help, help the liver out? Um, so let's break it down in Ayurveda. So Ayurveda says the liver is associated with the pitta dosha. So if anyone remembers anything about the pitta dosha, when out of balance, it gets hot and fiery, just like the liver, the liver gets hot and fiery when that is out of balance. So that's where it's a close relationship to our Agni or digestive fires. So again, we have that flame burning. If we think about this, I always tell, um, you know, my clients that I'm working with when we're doing balancing poses to envision that flame burning at your belly. And so that's something that we're thinking about with this, with the Pitta and with the liver, that's a digestive fires burning up and processing through. So that's where those are heavily tied together. Um, Ayurvedically speaking. So what are some ways that we can support the liver cleanses? Now I'm going to say this with a huge asterisk, especially at this time of the year, I'm not a fan of like, you know, the shakes or, um, let's get on this 21 day fast or this 30 day whole, 
whole 30. Um, all of those things are not the best for the body. Now, those you might be saying, what in the world is a cleanse then Ayurvedically speaking? So for a cleanse, um, and this is something that I've, I've heard from now a couple different Ayurvedic doctors who are from India. When I was taught, um, through two different schools that I went to, they talked about like kitchari cleanses. Now, technically it's not a cleanse. Kitchari is not a cleansing food. Um, that's a nourishing food, but if you're out of balance in your Vata dosha, Kitchri is not what they recommend in India. That is not at all what they do. Um, but somehow here in the West, we've taken it and we've packaged it in this Kitchri cleanse, but that's actually not helpful for the majority of people. So when we're thinking about a cleanse, we're thinking about, um, you know, if we think about like bone broths, something really light, they have a rice gruel that they use in India. And so the teachers that I have learned from recently, um, both speak about rice gruel and then, um, like kanji. Uh, so if you Google some of those recipes, you'll be able to find it, but it's something light like that, not kitchari where it might be harder to digest for people. And again, especially for that Vata dosha, it's not going to be as cleansing. So that's the kind of cleanse that, um, Ayurveda speaks about. And as far as how long to be on them, it can be a day, it can be a couple days, whatever you think you need to kind of just process out. Um, now I will also say watching, like if you've had more, um, sugars or sweets or alcohol this past few weeks, just even taking a few days off of that a week month, however long that's a cleanse in and of itself. So just stopping doing some of the, maybe the habits that you got into, um, over the holidays, just breaking from some of that heavier food or stuff that you don't normally, um, you know, partake in. That is also another way to do a cleanse, um, for your body. So think of it in two different ways. So it can be the food. It can also be just be like, Hey, I'm going to take a break from whatever X, Y, Z I was ingesting that I normally don't do. And it doesn't make me feel great. So next up are fluids. So drinking warm water throughout your day, that's going to help keep things moving. So again, I've also heard some, um, people talk about the lemon water and the lime water, and that's again, it's for whom and when is always the Ayurvedic speak on that. It's not great for everyone. You know, some people can't do the lemon water cause it's going to make them their stomachs too, you know, acid. And it's going to feel like a, um, like a burning almost. And so sometimes lime water is better. And then sometimes in the winter, all you really need is just plain warm water with nothing in it. And so that is going to be a, um, uh, a try it out. So again, tends to be the pitta dosha. So if you are a pitta dosha and you have a pitta digestion, um, and you tend to run hot and fiery, you probably are not going to want to do, um, the lemon and lime waters. So what else can we do? Um, supportive foods. So as far as taste, sweet, bitter, astringent taste are going to help pacify that pitta dosha, which in turn is going to help calm the liver, minimizing sugars, oils, and fats. If you're feeling a little imbalanced, watching the alcohol and recreational drugs, ghee is a wonderful component to add to your diet. And it's very nourishing, um, not only to the liver, but it also helps build up your ojas or your vital energy. And I will say, I just bought some new ghee. Um, Ahara ghee is my favorite company to, to purchase ghee from. And I bought some ghee with dates soaked into it. And it's a great winter tonic that they make. And oh my goodness, I've been using it. Um, I have these things called morning rounds. They're like this, um, moosely, but in bread form, putting a little ghee on that after I toast them. Um, I've been cooking my eggs in this ghee. 
I added my ghee to the oatmeal that I have for breakfast. So whatever breakfast I'm having, I basically throw in some ghee to start my day. And it's so yummy and it feels so nourishing to my body. And so that's just one way of like, how do you sprinkle in ghee? It can be literally on anything. You know, what are you cooking? How can I make this um, incorporate it? So that's an option. Um, as far as spices, cooling spices are going to be best. Now, caveat, we are in winter season, so it depends on how you run here. So for example, as I'm recording this, you know, it's very cold here in Minnesota. So a cooling spice is not exactly going to be great for myself, but I'm going to be going to, well, as you listen to this, I'm going to be already in Florida. And so it's supposed to be hot, you know, high seventies, low eighties. And so these cooling spices are going to be just fine for me there. So that's kind of what you also have to take in is what is your environment teaching you and what is your environment showing you? So some of the cooling spices, coriander, cilantro, fennel, cumin, turmeric, mint, lime juice, all of those ways, you know, you kind of sprinkle onto your meals. So again, some of those like for fennel, cumin, turmeric, I usually will incorporate those, um, even in the winter months here, especially turmeric, but I don't do a ton with cilantro or coriander. Um, well, I should just say cilantro. I don't do a ton with cilantro or lime juice in particular, um, during the winter months here. Now foods that are going to strengthen your liver, bitter greens, like kale, beet greens, which my grandma who is 95 swears by, um, you know, she always had my mom (laughs) cut off the beet tops and she would get the greens. My mom would cook the beets. So this is something that's um, super healthy collard greens, dandelion greens, nettles, and comfrey leaf. So you can also incorporate dandelion greens and nettles, um, and even comfrey into teas. So dandelion leaf tea is wonderful or roots. I've also had the roots, um, for, to help with menstrual cycle as well. Nettles is as well. Um, it might be a taste that you have to get used to. Those also grow really well in most States. All right. So pitta pacifying lifestyle is another tip. So what are some pitta pacifying lifestyle practices, self-care built into your day. So as a busy pitta, who's probably on the go a lot, um, if you are a pitta having that self-care, so it's not just at the end of the day, because what happens to a lot of the times with the pitta is they tend to be the ones who might go home and have a glass of wine to unwind. And, um, it's because they've just pushed themselves all day and they didn't build in any space for themselves. And I see this a lot with, um, you know, the women I work with is just the go, go, go. And then, you know, what do you know? It's, it's five o'clock and I just have had not even had a second to myself. So that's why I'm really big fan of the morning routines because the morning routines, if you get a little bit of space there, you at least have yourself covered. Um, and that's also why I created kind of that 2 PM check-in because that's just another time in your day to kind of pause and just ask yourself what you need. So that way you don't go home feeling so depleted and feeling like the only way I can just kind of de-stress is with a glass of wine. Um, since we're talking about liver health, and then that's going to be incorporating the liver and not always the best practice. Now, another one is working out before 10 AM and calming practices, such as the Hatha yoga, walking Pilates or bar now before 10 AM, because between 10 and two are the pit to time of day. And so again, depending on what time of the year it is, especially in the summer, that's not the greatest time to work out because the sun is going to be the hottest and the pitta is already tends to be a dosha that runs warm. And then if we're talking about liver health, those all are just the the warming, heating things that we don't want to overdo. So that's why we say before 10 AM during the kapha times of day. So, um, and for myself, I can't always work out before 10 AM, 
you know, cause I'm, I'm training and working with clients and coaching. So I usually am working out sometimes typically before noon, but I find in the winter months when it's cooler out, especially again, I'm in a cold state. I can get by with like a noon workout and be okay during the winter. Now, summer months, if I'm doing an outdoor workout at noon, that's not ideal. You know, that's going to be a little bit too hot, a little bit too fiery. Mm, This one is also one of my favorites. And this was one of my, um, on my Dharma code that I had for this year, feel your feelings. (sighs) I mean, sigh here, especially if you are someone who, um, maybe this isn't your favorite thing. Pittas can sometimes shove everything down because we just don't want to look at it. And then what ends up happening, it's just like a pot boiling. And then eventually it just spills all over. Um, I've had many of those. Typically it's at my husband who doesn't necessarily deserve it, but that's because I've just kept shoving and shoving. And again, I'm going to mention it once more, but the class, that's why I really like that workout is because I feel like I really do. Like we shake our body, we yell, we get things up and out. Um, And I find like, that's my way to feel my feelings. And movement is one of the ways for me that is easiest for me to feel my feelings. Um, and I've had this every single, almost every, well, every single client I work with currently I've seen cry, you know, during sessions. And if we're doing movement, it's so common because that's, again, stuff gets stuck in our body and all of a sudden we're moving in a new way or opening up areas of our body where that emotions are stuck and stagnant. And then it was just like this rush comes over us. And if we're having this deep conversation, boom, tears can come. And that's, that's a good thing. You know, that's something that I'm like, never apologize for that stuff that needs to come out and we need to process. So, um, you know, feeling your feelings is a big one for the pittas. And if anyone has seen the new movie Encanto, um, my son and I watched that and there is, I don't know her name, but one of the sisters, the oldest sister sings this song. And I, you know, was looking at my phone and like watching the movie with my son and all of a sudden the song is playing and I'm listening to the lyrics. I'm like, wow, this is so true, um, you know, for myself. And it's totally true for Pitta's. And it talks about just about having to carry everything and how it just slowly drip, 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 drip until it just drops. So um, I, I highly list, like, ugh, if I can talk, I highly, oh my gosh, I highly recommend you to listen to this. Okay. This is not the most ideal time. This is just a sidebar for me to record this podcast late luteal phase, like very late luteal phase for myself, our brains as women, we, they don't quite sink and connect. And I always find this whenever I'm like, you know, right before I bleed, it just gives me a beat. Like my brain is just slow. I know I want to, what I want to articulate. It just doesn't always sink like it does, you know, after I bleed after the release. Um, and so Heads up, if any of you do speaking, um, you know, planning that if you can around your cycle, because the late luteal phase is really a difficult time to, to speak. Um, but I had to record this before I left for Florida. And so I was like, well, we'll make it, we'll make do. So that is just a little sidebar um, in case anyone is wondering where I might be all over um, or not being able to be as succinct. That is why. I don't know why. It's just for myself. I notice it every, almost every month. All right. So back to that pit of pacifying a lifestyle. Um, another, um, practice to try is the shitali breath work. And so that is a cooling breath work. Um, if you Google that, you'll be able to find it. Alternate nostril breathing is another one. And then finally moon bathing. And so moon bathing is just simply, you can either just stand outside and notice the moon or just look outside your window. If it's cold and stare at the moon, just sit in the, the moon rays, 
you can go outside if it's summer and just kind of walk around, you know, walk around in your yard, walk around outside, um, and just kind of bathe in the light of the moon. And I was just telling a client, um, you know, coming back to the cycle. So I really wanted to bleed again with the new moon and, you know, it took a couple months, but I'm back now, you know, as I, again, I'm recording this, the new moon is tomorrow and, um, you know, January 2nd. And that's when I'm, I should be bleeding anytime tomorrow or Monday. And so that's where it's fascinating where this, it really does work. And so tips, if you want to start bleeding with the new moon, stare at it every night, you know, make time to be with it, notice what phase it's in and then shut down electronics. So I typically put my phone away, um, you know, after I put my son to bed, usually before that. And so he goes to bed by seven o'clock. My phone is basically in my office. He gets to bed by seven 30 and I might watch a show on TV. I might meditate. I might read just depends on what mood I'm in. But all of those, instead of having my, my second screen out, cause I know I'm not the only one who has the TV on. And then if my phone's there, I'm going to look at my phone and the TV. So we're getting all of this, just, you know, blue light coming at us. Um, so I just make sure that's put away for the night. I have my phone on silent and, you know, my husband works at night. So I always just make sure I come in my office. I just tap the home screen to make sure he hasn't text or call or my mom, you know, if she does, she knows that I go to bed early. So she just kind of knows, um, if it's not really important, um, you know, sometimes she texts me to look at the moon because it's so beautiful. (laughs) And, um, so that's kind of how I, how I've worked getting my phone away at night. And so I can kind of sync back up. Um, so I'm bleeding with the new moon. So kind of play with that. If you're looking at wanting to be more, um, in sync with the lunar cycle. Okay. Last topic herbal support. Um, what can we take now? The ones that I've picked are pretty safe for most of us, but I don't want anyone taking them unless you've really like the first one is turmeric. That one I recommend most people are going to be totally fine with just getting your powdered turmeric. It's a great anti-inflammatory herb. Awesome. Um, Chowan Prash is another one. So this helps foster clarity and health in the blood, liver, and digestive tract. So it's also really good for the immune system. And I've actually been taking Chowan Prash um, versus fire cider. I didn't even make fire cider this year. Um, and I've been doing a spoonful of my Chowan Prash in the morning is the best time to take it. Um, you can put it on toast if you want. It's kind of like a jelly texture. The texture for me was the hardest thing to get used to. The taste isn't bad. It's pretty sweet. Um, but the texture, I'm a texture person, like pudding, jello, all of that kind of, and so I had to get used to it. Um, but now that I've done it consistently, you know, I'm, I'm past that and I can take my morning, my morning spoonful. Um, but again, you could also spread it out on toast if you wanted, or like that morning round that I talked about early with the muesli, put it on that, that would have been fine too. All right. So aloe vera gel. So this is a cooling, especially in the summer months. So this is something that you would take. It's not the sun the stuff that you put on your skin. If you get a sunburn, it's not that there's actually a aloe vera that you can kind of drink. I've had it, I think only once. Um, and I had to ask at whole foods where it was, the person found it for me. Um, but you can add it into like in the summer, again, like a smoothie, you can put it into a, um, usually it's in a drink of some form. Um, but that is how you can kind of take that. If you need that, if the liver is feeling really inflamed or if you're feeling really inflamed again, probably summer months are going to be best for that one. Now, the last one is Brahmi slash go to cola. So that's a great for calming a rajastic mind. So that one also, you know, Rajas are tied to the Pitta dosha. I'll do a podcast on that later this year. Cause I know, I don't think I've talked about, um, uh, that before. And so Brahmi go to cola, 
is something that um, you can mix into a drink, like just like a half a teaspoon, fourth a teaspoon um, with water. You can take it as a tea. I have a, a kind of a sugar scrub that I've used with it and I put it externally on my body and I really like it. Um, this is the one that I've been using for my varicose veins, my sugar scrub, and I put in Brahmi into that and I can feel it help with improve my circulation. So little things like this, um, to play with. So those are the ones that I'd probably start with. And again, don't take, if you are not sure if you should, um, okay. So in recap, one of the ways that we can kind of help the liver cleansing foods, drinking fluids, just warm water is the best supportive foods, hit a pacifying lifestyle, and then herbal support. All right. So I just have one final thing just to tap into because this is coming. Um, it's actually going to start January 31st and I've renamed it. So, um, I'll give you the inside scoop because you're on the podcast. And I also sending this out into my weekly newsletter, but I have the program. I was going to call it the seasonal living collective, but I've ran the seasonal living collective in the past. And it's, it's not this program, um, the seasonal living collective. I'm going to keep as a different program completely, which is my six week guide to seasonal living. This program that I'm going to do, which I've talked about, um, is that five month container. It's got a new name. It's called soulful spirit because it's much deeper than just seasonal living. You know, this is going to be helping you get out of your head and back into your body, helping you trust your intuition again. And we are going to do a three-part process in how to do that. And so this is something I'm super excited about, um, you know, kind of introducing, but we're going to start in the first month or so awakening our intuition. Next, we're going to start integrating. And so we're going to kind of figure out what are the practices for me for this season? Because we're always changing. We're cyclical beings. They might shift once spring season comes, but right now, what are you going to integrate? And then finally, what are you going to embody? So after you've been integrating, after you've practiced, what are the things that are going to continue for you? What are you going to embody? Um, and so this is a program that I am so stoked about. It's helping you ditch kind of that, that fitness and diet culture um, of just what's next. Like instead, let's find what works for you. Let's awaken your own inner wisdom again. You know, let's stop looking for that next thing um, and start to rebuild your foundation. And so you can really trust yourself. So this is going to be um, for people who are looking to get the accountability because we're going to meet weekly. If this is something that you want, if you want to learn how to trust yourself, and this is something, if you don't currently do that, don't be ashamed because you know what? A lot of my clients, that is something that, um, you know, they have told me through the years are like, no, you've actually helped me with that muscle because I didn't, you know, and it might sound silly. We might be embarrassed that we don't, but all of this stuff that we've been programmed and marketed to, you know, we've been told not to trust ourselves. And so of course, you know, why would we, when that's all we've been told is that we're not good enough, or, you know, you need to be on weight watchers or you're going to fall off the bandwagon. Or, you know, maybe you've seen that in the past, like you've done Weight Watchers and then you've gained 20, 30 pounds back. Then you're like, I'm a failure. I must need to go back on it. And this whole just cycle, instead of just saying, yeah, what do I want to do? What does my morning routine want to be? Maybe you don't currently have one. And you're like, I really would like to get to know myself on a deeper level. I want to get out of my head. You know, the type A, the Pitta personality where maybe you're just always in your head and you're super rigid, 
but you want that inner balance. You want that flow. You want that feminine. Ooh, I can kind of move. I'm mobile. You know, you still have that container because this is the program. I have that container built for you, but you get to flow, you get to play. Um, and you're going to have a lot of the times my, my main focus too, is finding the rituals that work for you. And so it's not only a group program, but we also have a one-on-one call every month. And that way we can really get specific for what you need. So not only are we going to have our group accountability each week, but then monthly you get to meet one-on-one with me and we're going to go deep. You know, this is where we get to explore what works, what doesn't. And we're going to do this for five months. So basically we start, we start January 31st because it's Monday um, and we go through the end of June. So we're going to be exploring three different seasons and really get to feel into the seasonal wisdom because the seasons teach us so much. And sometimes we miss that. Um, so we're going to start to feel out, you know, how do we listen to our bodies with the change of the seasons and how can we implement Ayurveda lunar wisdom? As I was talking about earlier, how can we implement seasonal living? Um, what does that mean for me? And so we're going to have some mindful movement practices. We're going to have some energy work and some meditation and breath work. And then we're going to have our Q and a calls. And then I'm going to have a monthly kind of focus for us to work on. So if this sounds like something that, um, is up your alley, check it out, hop on my newsletter. If you're not, because I'm actually sending out, um, the biggest discount I've ever sent out for a program, but I'm going to do that. Um, Tuesday today, I will send out an email on Tuesday. If this, if you're listening to this on Tuesday and then on Friday, the seventh, so I'm sending out a special, um, offer to everyone who is on the newsletter. So hop on that, um, as well to get that discount code. If you're kind of, um, kind of like, yeah, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for some deeper connection to myself. I want to get out of my head and into my body and just feel good and have that mind, body, soul connection again. All right. So it's called soulful spirit. I'll put the link to it in the show notes in case you are curious about more um, information about it and just send me a DM on Instagram at seasonal living mamas. If you want more information as well. All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.